Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of The Film Find. I'm Matt Smith. I'm not always the host on this show. Usually it's Adam Portress who's joining me today, as always. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Ah, just good. Good. Uh, so we're doing a, a little special thing this week. We're discussing a new Netflix show, uh, Stranger Things, that came out last weekend and has kind of become a, uh, a huge sensation, right, Adam? It's a sweep in the nation from what I understand. <laughs> it, is, it is indeed. People are dancing in the streets. Oh. Um, Every guy grab a girl, that's what I say. For those of you who might have uh, stumbled upon our program just because we're uh, talking about this show, and welcome to you, uh, this is not normally what we do here at the Film Find. The Film Find normally uh, just reviews new releases every single week, as many as possible, as we can squeeze in there. Two, three, um, sometimes four. Indeed. And uh, we have kind of gotten off of a schedule lately, so we thought this would be a fun way to get back on schedule and throw out some extra content. Uh, because uh, we were just uh, both enamored with Stranger Things. It's a fun little show. Um, and just to let you know, there will be spoilers all up in this, and we will also be cursing, uh, which is something that if you are a longtime listener of this show, uh, the five <laughs> of you out there, uh, welcome. Uh, You're quite <laughs> then you familiar. You know this for sure, that there will be many a motherfucker dropped. Mm -hmm. um, so earmuffs on the kids, or if you uh, don't care about that, uh, I don't either. Um, Daddy, what's a motherfucker? <laughs> I don't know. It's what I am, kid. Now uh, go to school. <laughs> so, let, let's get this show a rolling. Here is a trailer for Stranger Things. This is Hawkins. I don't know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. It was when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. Out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! So that's the trailer for Stranger Things. Uh, this is an original series on Netflix. It's created by the Duffer brothers, uh, Matt and Ross, and uh, produced by Sean Levy, who also directs a couple of episodes. Uh, honestly, the best things Sean Levy has ever directed are the two <laughs> episodes for this that he's done. Although, I like we like Real Steel, right, Adam? We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, Real Steel was fine enough for what it was supposed to be. I mean, I, I liked it well enough. But yeah, this is, uh, of of his uh, involvement in most things, this is the thing that I dig the most at, at this point, I, I would say. But I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a, not a fan. <laughs> right. Uh, quite an extensive cast. Winona Ryder, uh, David Harbour, Finn Wolfhard, 
Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Gotten Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, Natalia Dyer, Charlie Heaton, Cara Buono, Matthew Modine, bringing back the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, tons and tons of people, a lot of really great uh, little character actors. Uh, stand out for me, Randall P. Havens is Mr. Clark, the science teacher. Yeah. Love that character. Love it. Um, so this this came out, as we mentioned uh, last week, and it has gotten quite the amount of attention online. Uh, for those of you who've never listened before, the way we kind of normally do things is we kind of uh, just talk about it. It's a free-flowing conversation about the show, uh, although um, we have some, some hits we're going to hit, uh, which is generally what we try to do, some marks to make. Um, so it's a lot more difficult like, when doing a, like a big giant, you know, eight part, uh, you know, television program versus a two hour movie, of course. Yeah. And, and so, you know, don't expect like a blow by blow. We're not going to approach this, uh, like on a plot breakdown, uh, element. Although at some point in the future, I might be interested in doing that. Uh, so if you enjoy this episode, please send us some, fe- uh, feedback at, uh, the film find on Twitter or uh, the film find at gmail.com and let us know what you think of this episode. I, I am personally invested in uh, exploring this thing some more Um, before we get going on the uh, kind of breakdown of how we we're going to go through this discussion, Adam, uh, what are your general thoughts on this uh, show? Well, it it was very interesting because like I had seen like maybe a picture of it ahead of time. I had not seen this trailer. I had not heard uh, this. This was not something that, at least in in my view, had not been building hype for a long time. This just seemed like something as as a lot of Netflix things are that just kind of come out and go boom. Here it is, and we drop Mm -hmm. all eight episodes on you, and there it is. So it's not like your traditional TV show, obviously, where it's just like here's a week and here's a week and here's a week, and maybe by week three or something, people have really started to listen to stuff. Or, or, or watching this particular case, uh, much like you know, much like the other podcasts that we do, preacher podcasts, like the viewership has kind of started to pick up on that. It's really starting to get street, uh, steam week after week. This is just a kind of boom. There you have it, and everything. And yes. I didn't really know anything about this uh, show going in, other than the fact that hey, it's set in the early '80s. Uh, honest to God, I didn't even know Winona Ryder was in this. Like that's how little I <laughs> yeah, fucking knew that, about and it. And oddly enough, that's the press that was out about it was that it was the new one owner writer series. Yes, yeah, I I didn't uh, even know that much. <laughs> oddly enough, about the kind of just dropping it, I was reading uh, this interview with the Duffer Brothers. I think from uh, the the TV. Um, oh shit! What's that thing called that they always do? It's not the upfronts. TV God, you're right. In, in any <laughs> case, whatever they were talking to them, right? And. Um, they essentially claim they claim that they were uh, they were making the effects shots right up until the debut, hmm. and then as soon as they were finished, it got uploaded to Netflix and dropped. Interesting. Uh, which, you know that that's the way uh, things should work. I think in today's uh, digital sometimes. format, it's, and, stuff, and, it, yeah. and it's very effective for building in an audience. Uh, this series, I would I would imagine, is probably their most watched thing since maybe Orange is the New Black became such a huge sensation. Well, that's the tough part because Netflix does not And they don't need say to. Anything. Right? Nor, nor so, do they need to. You're right. Uh, I mean, they don't care about ratings. They care about their subscriber numbers. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. It, they have no reason to release numbers to anyone uh, beyond their own internal measurement to gauge what they're doing next or if they're renewing something. And uh, oddly enough, Netflix... Has has yet to not renew a show. I mean, even Marco Polo got uh, got a second season, and apparently uh, that series never got good. There's I watched. Shit, the there's episode. shit going on on Netflix that you you ain't even ever heard of before. That's like in its second yep. or third season, at least. You know. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so this one kind of really did come out of nowhere, and uh, and they were right, apparently working on it right up until the wire. It's became so. and and in such a very short time, and it has come a bit of a little bit of a culture phenomenon at this point. Like people at work are just talking about it, and uh, it, it's it's on it's on the tips of everybody's tongue at this point. And like my, I I'd known a couple of people that had watched it, and it was like that was the big thing. It was just like watch this, watch this, watch this. And I waited a couple of days just because of time. Yeah, with even all the I was surprised you waited so long. Well, I just I got I got man, I have three podcasts to do and so much other, and then a full time forty hour week job. Oh, I know. Look, I neglect. Our podcast, so I could watch this thing twice. I, did, I never went to go see uh, Mike and Dave Deed wedding dates. Nah, you made the right decision, I think. But, but, uh, but I did watch this two times. So, yeah. 
And know. but yeah, man, when I when I finally sat down and watched, I mean, like I did, I, I like like a lot of Netflix stuff because we do uh, all the Marvel television shows on mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Here Movie Podcast, my other show. Uh, we we I tend to just slam those in a day or two, and this was uh, no different, man. I, I I did it in two sittings, and uh, man, oh man. I I really liked that it was eight episodes. I, on some level, I wanted more, but after the second viewing, I was like, "Oh, this is actually exactly perfect mm-hmm. for what this show needs to accomplish." Eight episodes is right on the money, and I feel that we're going to be There's starting no filler. Yeah, I, th- I feel that we're going to start to get a bit more of that, maybe not only in Netflix, but I think also in other series and stuff as well. I think, uh, I, I mean, like Preacher, for example, is only 10 episodes this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think at the most shows are going to really start doing in kind of the uh, mid-level above basic cable package is going to be doing like a 16-episode at most run for the majority of these programs because, you know, I think the old paradigm of 22 episodes a season Dependent upon the type of program that it is, especially if it's just a straight, you know, through narrative thing, not kind of a uh, uh, monster of the week or, or and plus, you know, uh, legacy episodes such as like the X Files. Um, yeah. You know, well, these, and, and they, all they need of that to be a little style, bit shorter. It, it has to do purely with the dependency on advertising. True. And and so if your entire ad, uh, your entire business model is ad revenue, like the networks were for you know sixty uh, some odd years of their existence. Um, the the model changes after a certain point to where like uh, okay for sixty years we've needed advertising to remain profitable throughout the entirety of the year, which means we have to have programming that covers at least half of that year in uh, like never aired new form. Yeah, we take the right? summer off and that's it. <laughs> yeah, take summer off and like we'll just air cheap programming or like some extra game shows or maybe some variety shows or reruns uh, eventually became like the big filler, mm-hmm. um, especially in prime time. Um, and, and now they don't need to do that because advertising uh, revenue does not depend entirely upon one series carrying the year. Uh, you can insert... Kind of like a, like a like a puzzle, right? You can build out your schedule to where this series is on for eight weeks, and then this series is on for six weeks, and then this series is on for ten weeks, and then that six-week series comes back for the second half of the season. Um, and even Netflix and- themselves are almost doing a here's oh oh it's you know every like three four weeks or so drop a new drop a new season of a show so. Yeah, well, and and uh, I was just reading one of their new series actually is dropping in halves. It's the new Baz Luhrmann show, uh, the the hip hop show that he's ushered into being. Um, what is that got to be like? I don't know. The trailer looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm interested. In I, it. I don't know uh, nothing Nas about it. Nas is involved. Uh, okay. So so I'm I'm on board. All right. I, I so like it's not Baz Luhrmann people. just doing his Australian rapping. So that's good. No, 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 no. It's set in Brooklyn in the '70s, I think. Okay. Um. And it's a musical, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Baz Luhrmann, uh, right? <laughs> but, but I think that they're releasing that uh, six episodes or eight episodes at a time. I think it's 16 episodes. So they're doing a halfsies. Okay, that's interesting. But they're doing an eight episode, and the next year eight episodes will drop again, but it's the first season. So there's a break in the story arc that they're taking off to finish up production or whatever. Yeah, I don't know they're like that, but okay. I just call um, it a second season, fuckers. Come on. Well, I think it's just like this is the narrative arc. So they're thinking of seasons now more like uh, the British do, where it's like, oh, this is the this is a series, right? Okay. Here, I mean, here's a whole narrative arc. It's broken up in eight episodes this year, eight episodes next year. Well, if it was British, they'd do like, here's four episodes this time, six the next time, and two the next time. <laughs> yeah, of course, plus a Christmas special. Plus a Christmas special, exactly. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do with anything most of the That's time. That's a one-off, damn it. We don't talk yeah, about that Yeah, like one. the Sherlock one. Anyway, uh, Stranger Things being eight episodes, I think, is perfect. Um, it gives everybody just enough time to breathe it, uh, and get their own um, storyline going and have some sort of satisfying narrative arc especially being Um, the amount of characters that there are in this program yeah i mean if anybody in this thing gets short shrift it's uh it's definitely um poor will who is uh just trapped in the upside down uh (laughs) for the majority of it um and i I sat back and go i want to be that kid to work on the job and just be like he's in for like two days like i'm out of here receiving a paycheck probably as big as the rest he is i'm out well i got a feeling that whenever season two drops a lot of what goes on is going to surround him and 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 the return of 11 uh i think 11 will come back uh so just a very brief uh kind of uh 
plot rundown so we can get into the discussion of this show proper. Uh, basically, the setup for this is in this small town in the 1980s in Indiana, uh, a young boy, Will, disappears one night on his way home from a marathon Dungeons and Dragons session, which, if you've ever hung out with a bunch of nerds, has been something you've at least been around, if not directly involved in. I don't know what you're uh, talking about, Matthew. <laughs> I, I am not a big uh, Dungeons and Dragons guy. I never got into tabletops, uh, but I understand the world uh, <laughs> probably too well for somebody who doesn't play them yeah um and uh so the, so he gets he gets uh, lost uh he in fact as it turns out we we see is uh like taken by a by a monster um and then uh his group of friends his mom and uh the police chief uh all start to search for him meanwhile a strange girl who we only know from the uh, the name of uh, by the number on her arm that's tattooed on eleven, uh, escapes from this research facility, and the mystery starts to unfold from there. And that's the basic setup for this show. Uh, one owner writer plays the mother. Um, David Harbor plays uh, uh, police chief Har Harbor. Right? Hooper. Hopper. Hopper. Did yeah. Okay, I wrote. All right, so that um, so that so that other O's got a little bit of tail on the end of it. What does it matter? <laughs> they, uh, yeah, Jim Hopper. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and then the the four kids, uh, Mike, uh, Dustin, Lucas, and then Eleven once she joins in, mm -hmm. and then uh, the older sibling of Will, uh, Jonathan, and uh, Nancy, the si older sibling of uh, Finn, right, mm -hmm. uh, join in. And I gotta say, uh, that's a lot of characters to kind of keep track of. The show handles it master masterfully, I think, and uh, all of their stories are pretty fucking compelling. Well, here's and there's and there's a good way that they do this, and um, that I think that helps also kind of keep everybody straight and everything. Not all just white kids, which I think is I think is good because also because it not not only is you know because diversity is good and not like everybody at least from where not where i grew up had friends of all different types and everything yeah. but it also helps you identify who's who because if you got a lot of just white it's kids a, with brown hair it can get difficult to figure an, out who the yeah, fuck you're talking about with an expansive cast diversity is good right like the, the only reason you know who's who in in the furious films right the fast and furious films yeah. Is is because they don't all look like Paul Walker. Because because if they did, you wouldn't know who was who. Because the characters aren't super deep in those movies, <laughs> right? Uh, although here they are. Ludacris just, likes it, to it eat. We get it. Layer of, of oh, we can get this uh, going. Uh, for me, there are two breakouts. Everybody really loves Winona Ryder in this uh, show, and and she is fantastic. I'm a big Winona Ryder fan, and always have been. Mm -hmm. And uh, even as she kind of had her. Uh, popularity star waning in the past decade or so where she was just kind of popping up here and there um uh i was always like team winona um but here the two breakouts are millie bobby brown as 11 mm -hmm. and uh gotten matarazzo as dustin that kid is fucking gold yeah every, everybody's everybody's really good but uh like this guy i mean he, 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 in real life, uh, right. Like, uh, does not have his front teeth in mm -hmm. and they build that into the character and it gives him an element of like extra nerdiness. Of course, he's going to get picked on. Uh, the bullying scenes are kind of harrowing in the best way that these types of, uh, narratives are, uh, Again, it's one from of these, the, from the eighties, right? This, this whole thing feels very true to life in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of that also is the fact that these are kids who look their age, who oh, look yeah. to be the appropriate age for kids, who they're portraying. And because you, you see a lot of movies with kids in them, but even the kids that are supposed to be younger, still probably about three, four years older than what they're really playing. Yeah. I mean, all these kids are playing like 12 year olds mm -hmm. and, and they're 12, right? Like, like they are 12. Yeah, they're Itch. small, diminutive little little. They're they're little kids. They're little nerdy kids. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and and the girl who plays eleven, she's twelve. I mean, right? Like the, like they are the ages, and that helps. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, we just actually got got through talking about the film Lights Out on this week's uh, actual show, um, 
for the film find. And, uh, and we talked a little bit there. It's been a recurring theme that like child actors are really fucking good now. They're just really good. And, and if you watch this show, there's not a weak link in any of them, which is astounding since uh, like really like a half of the cast that has any names and screen time uh, is children. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great because this show would not work otherwise. I don't think. You know who I, uh, I want to give a, because we probably won't talk about it for the rest of the show since we're talking about the kids. Yeah. The, the little girl, Holly Wheeler, <laughs> played by like two twins, uh, Anson oh, yeah. and uh, Tinsley Price. Oh my gosh, this girl, I don't think she has a line through the entire season, but she is amazing. That little kid that looks on her face yeah. and just how she's just acting, just sitting there. She doesn't, you know, not a lot. Of, she's not super crying or nothing. She doesn't have a whole, she doesn't have a whole lot, if any lines. And she just like, I, I love everything that little girl does, or both those little girls do in this particular case. Yeah, and I want to say that uh, this is one of the so, so uh, I was I did some looking into who who's done what right so I so I know for a fact that like um, uh, uh, what's her name that plays Eleven has done has done some TV work right and mm-hmm. I and I knew her from some stuff Mill, Millie Bobby Brown right um, uh, she was on Intruders which is a great little uh, BBC miniseries um, and. Uh, she was uh, also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland was like her big uh, first thing. Um, but uh, these these twins that play the younger sister, mm-hmm. guess who they played on TV? Very, very prominent role with, of course, no speaking lines because they would have been a baby. Don't look. Just guess. It, uh, TV series. Current. Oh, still ongoing. Oh, uh, My Two Dads. No. <laughs> No. She oh, that played, show hasn't she, been on the air in twenty five. She played little years. baby Judith on Walking Dead. Oh, was get the fuck like, out of for here for like a season or two. Yeah, those it was the twins that played that baby. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's, like there's a new twin set playing that baby now. That's but, funny. I like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk just briefly mm-hmm. about some of the influences on this show. This, I think, is the is the thing that's been most covered by the pop press. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't want to dwell too long on it but i have to talk about uh like my favorite thing from when i was 12 years old which is stephen fucking king okay um stephen king and and this is all up in everything the duffer brothers have said about this show right stephen king is like a formative experience when you are uh, a a teenager or preteen in the 90s growing up and reading this stuff Mm mm-hmm is is like your rite of passage, right? Sitting down to something like it, which is a thousand pages long, as a traumatic horror novel, when you are a preteen or, or early teenager, is transformative. And I really think that, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Spielberg, and we can talk about how this show breaks down these influences a little bit. Because I, I really think there are a few different things going on. Uh, but this, especially all the kids, it's it's a Stephen King book, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, primarily uh, It and Carrie. Some Firestarter. But It and Carrie, primarily. There's that. Going. I mean, I mean, hell, there's even a shot that pretty much uh, is Stand By Me, even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so. that's like the big one, right? I mean, one of the episodes for this show is literally called The Body, which <laughs> is the name of the Stephen King story that Stand By Me is based on. Right. right? Um, but but just as a general narrative arc, I mean, uh, I, I think all of that stuff is is very informative for what these kids are doing. I don't think it's so much the Spielberg at all. A lot of people talk about E.T., and there are definitely some of those moments, particularly when you're dealing with uh, – like the government as authority. There's a shot right in the beginning that is just like, there's pretty much a straight yeah, lift, which of course, is great. Right? And the bike scene toward the end, right? When they're being pursued by all the vans. Mm-hmm. Um, straight straight homage, right? Um, but but uh, I believe that I also read this. They, they said that there are basically three influences uh, and, that, and that they cover different areas. Uh, and so I'll take your thoughts on this, Adam. Uh, the kids, according to the creators, right? Uh, the kids are in that Stephen King early 80s realm. Mm-hmm. Okay? The teenagers are essentially 
in a slasher movie. And all of the adults are in a late 70s, early 80s Spielberg film. Okay, I can see that. And so when you watch how their storylines overlap, those influences bleed into one another. Uh, but I think especially with uh, like the psychosis, the borderline psychosis of Winona Ryder's character, um, Joyce, right? Uh, and how she obsesses over the lights, right? Mm-hmm. That That's Richard Dreyfuss in Close Encounters. Oh, 100%. Right, 100%. Um, when when the kids are on the railroad tracks in that fourth episode, that's Stand By Me and It, mm-hmm. right? It's every small town Stephen King horror book all together uh, about coming of age, right? Um, and when the when the teens are all uh, alone and having sexy time and poor Barb goes out <laughs> on her own and gets uh, taken. Yeah, out by the pool and everything, that, and then lurking. That's a slasher. The, the lurking right? in the bushes, and then the creature. No, yeah. Um, so I, what I what I what I just want to say about these influences is like uh, they're all pretty explicit, but the way they function together does not make it seem like uh, it's screaming. Bullshit. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 highly effective pastiche. And and I even like and I and I'm not the biggest of fans either. So like seeing it and enjoying it coming from me is is is, is high praise, I think. Uh, but there's there's some David Lynchian elements as well. Oh yeah, small town, right? Corruption underneath, some some weirdness just underneath the surface. We're, we're trying to figure out what happened to this person, little twin uh-huh. pixie kind of vibe, and all that kind of jazz. So yeah. And, yeah. and like I said, I'm not even a huge David Lynch fan by any stretch of the imagination. So the fact that I see that and like it is and, pretty- and the music very obviously. John Carpenter. Oh, I was just about to say, if you don't say John Carpenter, I'm going to Mike and smack you. <laughs> yeah, no, very, I mean, very, I think, you know, this is all highly commented upon, so I don't want to talk like we're coming up with a bunch of shit. No. But, but I did watch this without reading anything about it, and, and immediately these are apparent. Because like I said, is, I knew nothing about it going in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but, but right, that's what I'm saying. Like, you still watch it, and if you're familiar with any of this stuff, you're just like, oh, that's from that, this is this. But, but it all blends together into this thing that just works completely on its own. Uh, you know, uh, I have it written down somewhere because I keep record, but we see generally you and I, in order to do this show mm-hmm. somewhere in the realm of like 160 to 200 films a year. Right. Right. This is the best thing I've seen this year, period. It's pretty up there on a, me, on man. a personal level for me. Like, like it is just, uh, I, I could watch this all week long over and over again and, and be completely satisfied. Not, not in perpetuity, but like, you know, if I watched it like a third time next week, mm-hmm. I'd probably be totally down with it again. I may, I may wait like a week or two and then do it again, but I'm, I'm definitely down for, for at least for a second or third viewing before the next season. So, yeah, yeah. well, I think, I think you'd have to, and I, and I gotta say, I, there were things that I noticed on the second time through that I did not notice the first time through it. It does play that way. It's really nice actually Hmm. to have a show that you can dive into and be a little bit obsessive with again. Uh, fandom does not always get that. Or we get it too much. (laughs) Well, or, or, or we make up stuff to be obsessive within those shows. No, that's true. I, I, as part of many fandoms, I know that's true. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's go through just some of the key moments in the show. Uh, things, things that stood out to you as far as the plot is concerned, right? So, so we've got the basics set up. What are some things that you liked, uh, feelings about how the plot plays out, um, twists, turns, revelations, that sort of thing? Well, to me, the biggest thing is, is how the show develops and unfolds in front of us. Because that's the biggest thing. And and I, I liken this back to something Tarantino has said a couple of times and when, when actually commenting about Stephen King's work. Yeah. Uh, he says, the reason that you love Stephen King's movie or books and everything is that they don't start off as just by and large. 
they don't start off as just like crazy, horrible, horrid things. Right. It, you have a story. You get to love these characters, and then he puts those characters through hell. And, and it's because you're invested so much in these characters that you don't want to see them put through hell. You want to see them come out on the other side. And that is very much what's done so here is that we develop the story, we develop the world and everything, and then by the time that we're comfortable with these characters, then shit really starts to go down. I mean, obviously, you know, things happen a little mm-hmm. bit quick because there's only eight episodes here, so it, it doesn't go on for like a season. It's not a a, a fucking, um, uh, what do you call it there, a Brian Michael Bendis comic where we're going right, to, right. you know, take eight issues before we see him in a Spider-Man suit. But it takes, you know, it, it goes a little bit further. We develop the characters and then shit starts to happen. And I think that is where this show's major... Um, major uh, like uh, positive thing comes from I don't know I'm yeah. losing a word here but no uh, I, because we get like, to the one, point one that- if we would have gotten if we would have like if we would have started or gotten to like where we are by episodes seven and eight by episodes two or three this would not work as well no uh you have no investment otherwise right yeah. um you're right I, I mean like the 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 pace of this thing is pretty quick but it's so divided among characters evenly that it feels very deliberate and uh, disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like the like for the first three episodes, uh, the biggest thing that happens is uh, all at the beginning of the first episode, mm-hmm. right? It's it's uh, it's Will being abducted or or absconded to this uh, other dimension, and Eleven escaping the lab and uh meeting the boys Mm -hmm. those are the two big things for like three straight episodes beyond that it's it's all character development and then you get to get to the fourth episode where it's just like revelation after revelation after revelation right you find out that uh uh you have found out at that point that the that the body of will that that has been brought out as as the corpse is is filled with Uh, literally stuffing, stuffing right? like, that you get it. just stuffed. Like at the fucking uh, build a bear it's, workshop, they b- yeah. they build a build a kid workshop yeah. and fucking uh, stuff this kid with that. And I mean, which just, I loved. I was just like, yeah. that is fucking brilliant, right? Because it's it's so weird, and but in a in a very practical way, right? Yeah, and we did and we didn't mention it, but this is also very X Filesy too. Oh in, yeah, in, in the of best course. Of yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think that goes without saying, right? Yeah. Um, but then like. So we get all of this stuff going on in episode four and then episode five, I think might be the most nuts, (laughs) right? This is the one where, uh, we get the, we get the great thing right at the beginning where all the kids are like, uh, okay, so where is Will? Uh, he's in the upside down. What's the upside down? And then they pull out their D and D manual. Oh, so good. Well, yeah, they pull out the thing and then they're like, Hey, here's what we did on this and a literal, but, but they're like, Oh, the veil of shadows. (laughs) <laughs> right. This is how they understand what's happening to their friend is the D&D manual explains literally uh, interdimensionality. Right. And flip side universes. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's flip. Like, here's where we are right now. Let's flip the board over. Here's where he is. And then and then at the wake for their friend, <laughs> they sit down with their science teacher and get him to explain the physics behind it, <laughs> which is one of my favorite scenes I think I've ever seen in anything. It's just, it's so good, right? Uh, this is also the episode where uh, where the sheriff, um, uh, right, where Hopper has, uh, has discovered that there are um, bugs in his house, like, like uh, listening devices mm-hmm. in his lighting equipment, his lights. And so when he goes over to Joyce Byers' house and uh, wants to talk to her about his discovery with the body, uh, he has to go through every single one of the fucking Christmas lights that she's put up. Oh, my God. I mean, right? like, that just, like, drove me bonkers. I'm like, oh, which, holy shit. Which, is, which, which that's a reference to uh, the conversation. Right, the oh, the yeah, Francis yeah, Ford yeah. Coppola film. Nobody talks about that, but there's a scene in 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 the conversation after uh, uh, Gene Hackman's character has become so paranoid about people listening in on him and surveilling him that he just he literally rips up floorboards in his house. It's been a hot right? minute, the, everybody. If you haven't seen the conversation, just 
go fucking go watch that shit right now. The Conversation man. and Blowout, the Brian De Palma film. Mm-hmm. Two very good two ones. Two amazing That's a great films double feature about right there. Uh, obsessive uh, paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that scene in, in episode five. And then uh, the the other, I mean, this is where, also in episode five is where the, the like Stand By Me stuff really comes in. This is where uh, Dustin, uh, uh, the the kid uh, played by Gotten Matarazzo, um, he he comes out and he's like, "Give me all your compasses." And he has this scene that is just fucking brilliant, where he explains how compasses work to the kids, and then they they decide to set off on this journey, and they're walking down the train tracks. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the obvious moment. Right. Uh, of what this is referencing, but all those things in episode five and the fact that we don't get any of those amazing things for five episodes and it still works before that, mm-hmm. I think uh, is, is uh, like kind of brilliant. Um, I want to talk a little bit about 11. Okay. Uh, so I think that this character is uh, one of the strongest points of this show. I, I feel like at the end that she gets a little bit of a short shrift narrative arc wise, uh, just because of what happens to her, right? She, she saves everybody and, and disappears alongside the monster by uh, kind of uh, phasing them both out of existence on this plane. Mm-hmm. But, but it's made pretty clear that she is still there at the end of this. Right. Um, but I just find that character and everything that happens in her backstory and the f- the fact that she's sort of responsible for this monster having taken Will and uh, knows that, which is why she's both trying to protect the rest of the crew as well as, um, uh, like, help them and not help them yeah, at the same like, hey, time. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm purposely bringing you in the wrong direction because I don't want these bad things to happen to you. Yeah, I mean, she knows, right? Uh, I just find her character, like, incredibly compelling. And uh, this actress, Millie Bobby Brown, is amazing uh, here. And it's this is where the fil- where the, where the uh, show really gets that filmy vibe of, of those Stephen King influences of, of Firestarter and Carrie. Mm-hmm. They're all in this character, right? Uh, the, the idea that um, telekinesis uh, causes nosebleeds is Firestarter, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's where it, where it comes from. It may have existed before that, but that's where it was popularized is, is this notion that like exerting mental stamina will cause a nosebleed, right? Uh, Carrie, of course, is much more about the isolation and, and alienation of that character, which Eleven also experiences, kind of literally secluded in this research. Get in the basement. <laughs> yeah, right. Um and I, and I just have to say like I like I want to know more about what happens to 11. I'm sure that when season 2 comes back, uh you know, whenever that might be, uh, a year, a year and a half, two years, I don't know. Um I I'm perfectly willing for them to take their time with it, although also give it to me right fucking now. Uh <laughs> Uh, like that, I want to know what's happened with her. I have no doubt that that a lot of that season will probably focus on Will and some of the stuff that's going on now that he's been over there. Um, yeah, I'm really interested which, to hear what that cat's got to say. Yeah, which would be nice considering we we almost know nothing about him uh, in this show, right? In this series. Yeah, we come back a month later at the end there, and he, he seems fairly well adjusted. <laughs> well, I mean, he's playing D and D, but uh, you know, as we all know. Uh, childhood trauma doesn't always go away. No, you got to escape that stuff, and that's clearly what they're doing there as well. Yeah, um, but but those are the two characters I want to follow going forward. But like eleven to me, I just I have to know what what happens to her. I, I like I need to know. Well, how, how'd you feel about her character and her arc? I, I loved her. I thought I thought she was really great. Again, uh, we'll keep saying it, but man, kid actors these days, and <laughs> like the, she doesn't. She spends like the like first like three episodes she's in saying little to no words at all. Yeah. And what she does with her face and the fact that like, you know, with the shaved head and everything, so it's not like you can kind of dollar up or make her kind of look one way or the other. It's kind of a very blank slate mm-hmm. and purposely meant to be so. But there's there's so much going on behind the eyes and everything 
that she's just like you get everything that's happened in there and that's it just an astounding feat to actually you know get on screen of a person that that's that age yeah i i agree um man but here's I, the okay. thing so well, well yeah and, and i don't know if i wanted to save this till a little bit towards the end i, I don't know how long we'll end up going here uh but I'm going to say something I think is a little controversial. Uh, I'm I'm two ways about it. Yeah. Uh, But. Bring it to me. Before this show was finished, before by episode six or seven, Uh maybe, um, I really wanted this show to, like, this season to just end. And I don't mean like God, please can this this fucking thing stop? Not that you at all. You just wanted it to, to not have more later. I exactly. You I wanted, wanted to this, have like this is eight episodes and we're done. Yes, I I like I really I I wanted it and I didn't want it. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, but, I I think that's the the general sentiment I've seen is that like there is a sense of finality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, yeah. I mean, in in the best way, right? Uh, like many many of the influences on this show. Uh, the Stephen King stuff, the Spielberg stuff, they all kind of have similar denouements and ends, mm-hmm. right? Uh, where there's a possibility, but it's more like there's a glimpse of, you know, there's more to it. Maybe but, there's some stuff, but we're not going to really explore that. Yeah, because the the arc we wanted to cover is done, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that, um, like, the way to think about this going forward might just be, like, uh, it's it's not a series in the conventional sense of like a straightforward continuing narrative, but literally a sequel. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested, like I said, because ultimately when it comes down to it, because it's getting a season two, whether or not they've really said it or not. And like, as we mentioned earlier, shows that are far less successful have gotten second season. So I don't foresee this having any problem getting. Yeah, a I mean, no one liked or talked about Marco Polo. <laughs> so it's, it's probably going to happen at this point, but um. So, I, like at the same time, as much as as much as I kind of wanted to see it end, but I, I end up in the same case like you as well. I also want to see, you know, wh- what these characters do next. I, 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 it's 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 the parallel within me. I love it and I hate it at the same time because, like mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, when the television show on NBC Heroes started, that was how that show was supposed to be. The first season was supposed to be like a hey. Here's third, uh, however fucking many episodes there were. That's going to be your season, and then come season two, we're going to get a whole new crop of folks, right? Yeah. And then, but the characters were so popular with everybody that they're like, man, we can't, we can't do that. We got to keep going with these people, and that's and and I think truly on account of that, that show petered out come season three. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't. I guess in a lot of ways for shows that are kind of of this nature, I don't want that to happen. And that's not that not that I have anything that would, you know, give me uh, pause at this particular time to say that that would happen. But the possibility is always there that season two comes around and you're just like, fuck, this isn't exactly I, I, I don't want exactly what I got in season one, but I, I want it to at least want it live to up to or be better than the first one. It's going to be tough to do that. And I think with a more kind of anthology if you will series that this would be like hey here's your chunk and then we're done mm-hmm. is great give me again we kind of we'll, we'll go back to a little bit of the british stuff they do as much as they need to and then they're fucking done yeah well i i really think like uh and i would not be surprised if this is the the decision moving forward that um that like 16 episodes is it for this show period i would i would like that too i mean uh, like again and i think it's also a smart thing of like when you get to shows that well some that have gone went on for maybe a little longer than they should like Mm -hmm. lost but then like shows like breaking bad that go hey we have an out here's where it is we're not going to go beyond this and overstay our welcome get in punch i think we're learning i think american television and stuff is learning a lot from british television get in Punch it where it's where it's supposed to go. Leave them wanting more, and then go out in a fucking high note. I think we really need to, you know, start to adhere to that as best we can to really make make us love it, make us love what we want to love, but don't don't milk it to the point where we're just like, thank Christ that fucking show's off the air now. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I and I don't think that creatively they want to do that. I mean, anything, everything that I've seen them talk about so far has has indicated that uh 
they already have had plans for what the continuation of the story would be, mm -hmm. which is why they, they chose to end things the way they did. Um, and, the, and they've mentioned like it will be potentially tonally a little different. Yeah, I mean, I almost could really, or, or even like th three seasons and just have it be, you know, like like each season is just an eight hour long movie trilogy. And th and that's how they're thinking about it. So if they if they if they definitely do it that way, I'm 100 percent down and just be like, hey, season one has this kind of feeling, season two will have this kind of feeling, season three will have this kind of feeling, and we're done. I like that. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, wh who who did you really like in this show? Because I've already talked about Eleven. I've talked about uh, Dustin. Like, were, were there characters or character arcs that you found particularly compelling? I know that we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, Hopper, who's pretty fucking great. First too. of all, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, D D David Harbour is like he's he's one of these guys yeah. that like you. He's one of our great character actors. I think he's he's uh, Judy Greer without the vague name recognition that she has. Yeah. This guy, like he, he's in enough stuff, and he is that guy that you just go, I know him from something. You may not know the exact roles, but you know you've seen him in stuff. And when you go back and look, you're like, oh yeah, he was in this one. He was in this one. I remember him in that one. Yep. And a really strong guy. And I, I love that. I love things like this that can give kind of character actors a real, a real spot to flex, you mm -hmm. know, and really kind of get in front of the camera. Everybody, I, I'm not, I'm not diminishing what she did by any stretch of the imagination because I fucking love what she did, but everybody knows Winona Ryder can fucking deliver, you know? Yes. We've, we've yeah, seen even it. Even if we haven't seen it in a while, you, like on, on the screen, like yeah. we fucking know, you know the it's quantity there. there. You know it's there, right? Yes. He's not one of those that people just go like, oh, that's a name I recognize. I hope this gets him to that level because frankly, I think he deserves it after, after you know, j again, what he's done for, you know, many, many years at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been on all kinds of TV shows, right? Uh plenty of movies he's he's great in like small roles in uh like equalizer and end of watch mm -hmm. um he 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 was in uh he was on the newsroom for a couple of seasons um he was on where the hell else did i see him oh that uh show on uh, i think it's on wgn uh manhattan um okay which i don't think is still going on i don't know um I think it got canceled finally, but right. Like he's, he's been doing a bunch of work, mm -hmm. uh, since the mid two thousands when he kind of started, uh, getting, getting, uh, credited work, oh, <laughs> um, which is often the trajectory for, for, uh, actors is you do, you do a lot of shit for a little while that does not get you credit for anything. And, and all then all slowly, sudden, boom. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, I really liked his character arc. Um, I enjoyed as well. Uh, the arc between um, oh, interesting. He's in Suicide Squad, Squad's. Uh, yeah, I don't there. know what his. I would imagine probably a smaller role. Dexter Tolliver. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who Dexter is. That one of the main? I don't think so. I don't think so. But Maybe I'm, it is. I'm not as familiar with those characters. I'm going to be quite honest. Beats me. I've read the comics and I'm not familiar with them. <laughs> uh, that should tell you where I land. It looks on like he's in the fairly top cast here, at least according to IMDb's. You well, know how that there works, you go. Though. Sometimes those are uh, weird. <laughs> Well, yeah, who knows? Uh, but no, the the kind of uh, trajectory between Mike and uh, Lucas is a, is a fun little relationship to watch. It's really like the main the main conflict comes mm -hmm. between them uh, after Eleven has been uh, leading them astray with the compasses, and uh, L Lucas accuses her of uh, p potentially rightly so of uh, of not wanting them to find Will. Right. Oh, that's the great part is like, cause you look at uh, like, cause the kid gets pissed off and you're right. It's absolutely rightfully so because he ain't wrong. No, <laughs> I mean, and, and it's not an, and, it, and it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's very obvious that she has been doing it. So the accusation is not like she is leading us astray. It's about why. Right. Mm -hmm. And he gets pissed off about the why. Um, and you know, they get into a little tiff and of course 11 throws him uh, away. And, and then it's like a little while before they, uh, they make up and, and are friends again. I mean, it's well into the next episode. Well, and the great part oh. about that is, though, is that it kind of, it really shows these kids as proper friends. As yeah, like, it's, as being it's, cemented it is a in friendship. There, they've, oh, got, they've got kind of rules with which they abide by, and that's their kind of code and their credo with these with, with, with each other. Uh -huh. And that's it's how the they It's the Goonies roll. moment. Yeah. 
right? Like, like when, when Dustin steps in and tells uh, Mike that he has to apologize first, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like that, that's there, there's a rule and there's a structure and this is how things have to do. Uh, and that, and that's very much, uh, an honest friendship moment, like true friendship. Um, and also a little bit of, uh, that's how they understand how the world works because they're big D and D nerds. Right. <laughs> right. We, like, we there's have a rule a to this. Roll the seven and apologize motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Okay, I think we've covered kind of generally everything that we should talk about. Uh, do you want to do a little bit of wrap-up final thoughts on this, Adam? Um, yeah, now I will say this. This is yeah. something that we didn't really uh, talk about too yeah, much. Yeah, let's talk. Um, but, I th- but I think it's very interesting. Uh, let me see if I can – well, no, I can't find it right. I was going to see if I could find like a, a clip or something. But uh, Joe, Joe Carey's character, Steve, uh, the kind of uh, uh, the wannabe boyfriend – of the uh, the sister character, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, kind of yeah. preppy guy. I the just, jock. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I look at him and all I could think of, like he's good, he's good. I'm not, I'm not denigrating the kid at all. He he does great, but with the hair and everything, all I'm looking at for, I'm just like, I am wanting to, I'm wanting to hear a John Ralphio line come out so hard. <laughs> Because I'm technically homeless, and I just want some shit like that going down. Because all I see when I see that kid is fucking John Ralphio yeah, just being I mean, the well. That well, that's because John <laughs> Ralphio is like the he's the grown up version of that kid. That's what I'm hoping, right. man. I'm hoping that we get to just. Although, although you know, what's nice about Steve is he also has like that little character turn as well. Like, like as a show that gives kind of all of its main characters a moment uh, of of pure development. Uh, like Steve does have that kind of redemptive moment at the end where he's kind of, where he is, is kind of helping Nancy and, uh, Jonathan, um, like, uh, hunt down the monster. Right. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to see where, where, where that kid will go in the future because he's, he's proven himself to be a little bit better, but it's not like he's one of the gang at the end. He's still, he's still kind of the outsider. He's still kind of you know with the girl that you don't know if you want him with her or not yet you know yeah so it's, it's interesting I, I thought that was a very interesting play because it could have really gone traditionally it would have gone like oh he he pretty much becomes almost because he's a little bit older it's tougher but more or less you know accepted one of us in in a way maybe not as equals with Mm -hmm. the kids because obviously they're younger but you know kind of on a more equal footing with everybody and he's not quite there but he's not also a douchebag either yeah not not a complete asshole or anything like that so i think that's i thought that was a very interesting way to kind of end things with that character uh, we also, uh, I de- we didn't really talk about him at all, but uh, he's kind of central to how things go here. Um, uh, Dr. Martin Brenner, mm-hmm. Matthew Modine. Yeah, Matthew Modine's doing some interesting stuff here. I think, I think he, uh, I think it's an interesting character for him because Modine has a reputation as an actor where it's not necessarily understated that he goes for. Um, but here, I mean, quite honestly, he he probably has fewer lines than even Eleven does in the majority of the episodes. He's coming fairly close, yeah. I, um, I'd, I'd put him at you know probably close to par. And we we learn less about him than most of the main characters, which is uh, uh, something I would not be adverse to exploring in a second season as well uh, via flashbacks, which is actually where where we mostly learn about him here is in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, old Papa. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be. Uh, I'm really interested to see uh, what if we explore that you know supposed relationship because I don't believe that's her father at all. No, 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 no not at all. Right. And and this this is, uh, you know, what what's what's crazy about uh, that that uh, plot line is that um, like like the the U.S. government did those tests mm-hmm. on people. Right. I mean, this is this is the like old school CIA LSD uh, um, isolation chamber experiments right it's yeah. altered states to talk about another uh influence on this it's, it's fucking william hurt in altered states and, right? and, and the men who stare at cuts 
a little bit of that too. Yeah. Not as funny, um, but you know. <laughs> but but uh but yeah, I really liked Matthew Bodine as well. Uh he, he I I want to know more about that fucking character. Yeah, but also I think that's also like a a very strong bit to it as well and I think things um like like programs like the X-Files did so well was we're not going to give you all this shit. We're going to we're going to we're going to hold back as much as we can and like, you know, we don't know who the cigarette smoking man is for a while. Yeah. Not not proper, you know. Oh yeah, and, exactly. And I I think I, I like mystery and stuff like that and I think that is one of the biggest things for this entire series is the uh the culmination of everything that they're doing as far as like and it, it feels it's so bad because it feels cheap to say it's like homages and references and things like that because it's it's it is and is not those things at the same time. It's really almost a roundabout love letter to those things without being those things, which I think is a very important thing. You don't see this and just go like, "Oh, that's from that, that's from that, that's from that," because it because it screams out to you that that's what it is, slapping you in the face with a cold fish, going, yeah. "Look at this motherfucker!" It it's just it lets those things happen. Now you can't help but see those things, but it's not just trying to telegraph it to you. Just like look at that shed hair. It's just like, yes. hey, here's what we got. Enjoy. Indeed. And, um, and I did. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm going to, like I said, I'll probably watch it again soon. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap up our uh, our discussion. I hope that uh, if you've listened, uh, you've you've found this fun or amusing or whatever. Uh, feel free to email us. I'm, I'm not adverse to just talking about this on our regular show or uh, even potentially doing one-offs in the future if you want me to dive more into this shit. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to with, with a variety of people if Adam does <laughs> doesn't want to keep talking about this fucking thing um man i didn't tell you this is how we're ending the whole uh show that we've done for <laughs> years at this point it's over that's Fuck not you true and your stranger things bro <laughs> um so email us uh filmfind at gmail.com the filmfind at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at the film find uh adam where can we find you on the net sir we got a lot of stuff out there matt not only do i have this show which by the way uh if you're if you're so kind drop us a five-star review on itunes and stuff uh we'd really appreciate that it helps uh, get this show out to other people who might like it so if you dug this show hey man there's a ton of stuff to go back and listen to and if you're not like somebody that goes and says hey i don't watch a lot of new release films by the time that you know we, we've got enough material that's so far back that chances are you've seen a lot of the stuff that we've done so uh, year and a half straight in the bank. Fucking just go check that out, and and even some more, a couple of stuff even before that. Even, yeah, so long before, just straight through so year and a half. So check it out though, man. So there's a lot of stuff out there, and of course I have two other podcasts. One is called Hero Movie Podcast, where every single week we discuss a superhero movie, be it an old one, a thing that's right out in the theater, or even uh, going to uh, you know some uh, some television, be it things like The Flash or older television shows. We did the Green a uh, couple episodes of Green Hornet from the '60s. Uh, a couple weeks back there. So everything from shorts from the 40s to the newest of the new, uh, we talk superhero stuff over there and relate every movie, I shit you not, back till Sylvester Stallone. That's just what we do on the program. It's a it's weird a good thing, segment. and it fucking works. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, it's a thing. And, of course, our other podcast that Matt and I also host uh, with two other guys who also are with me on uh, Here Movie Podcast, Preacher Podcast at Preacher Podcast on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those kind of fun places. And, uh, you know, the season wrap-up of that is coming. So if you're one of those people who are kind of binging on Preacher and stuff later, uh, go and look at that stuff, man. We got shows that are uh, specifically for and related to the television program itself. or in, And or if you're a big fan of the comic books itself, we have Word of Garth episodes that are supplementary to that. So you can actually go through and kind of get down to uh, nitty-gritty of comparisons between the comic books, crackpot ideas, mm -hmm. and theories, and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so uh, check all that stuff out to yeah and uh if you want to follow me uh online uh i'm on twitter at matt underscore boyd underscore smith uh i'm also on uh tumblr conspiracy media theory.tumblr.com and uh i think that's going to do it uh for adam portress i'm matt smith and we'll see you guys hopefully on a new episode of the film find take it easy everybody